Hey everyone, quick programming note. We talked for just a little bit too long this week about Hamilton. So what we're going to do is actually split this episode up into two. So now you're going to listen to the first half of the episode, and then next week we'll play the second half. On to the show. podcast that tries to take the act of writing, which can sometimes be not easy, and make it just a little bit easier. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. So we are recording this on July 4th. Momentous occasion. Uh, Yes, yeah, yeah, birthplace, uh, birth of our country and all that good stuff. But yesterday... Yesterday... Yesterday, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, and so we we are actually incapable of talking about anything but Hamilton. Um, but there's a lot to be said by that. Now, no, Melissa, had you seen it? You've seen it live before, right? Yes. Yeah, I I saw it when it was in Chicago. Oh, good. And I had tickets to see it in New York, but I did not get to go. I had to sell the tickets. But oh. um, yes, I did. I have seen it live. It's fantastic. Good. Yeah, I live in Chicago or in the Chicago area, so we were totally spoiled because they it was in Chicago for years, and so I saw it. Um, four, I saw it four times. Uh, I would have if I had lived in Chicago. I would have seen it yeah. four times. I tried. I definitely tried to see it multiple times when I was in New York. Uh, did not work out. Yeah, the theater in Chicago is much bigger than the theater in New York too that helps but anyway the reason we want to talk about it on a writing well the reason we talk about it is because it's freaking incredible but the reason we're talking about it on a writing podcast is there's a lot to learn from hamilton a lot to talk about a lot of it brings up a lot of things um the content of the of the show i, I know for me has been both inspirational and a little problematic sometimes uh and then the creation of the show and lin-manuel miranda as a creator and how he talks about his create has his process and things like that there's a lot here and we both freaking love the musical so we're going to talk about it i hope you don't have a problem (laughs) the hard part will be making sure that we don't burst out into any lyrics because right (laughs) yeah really bad yeah but i think this is it's perfect timing because we just wrapped up big magic and I know we yes. had that conversation about what does big magic mean to us? When does that happen? And I said, it's when these like super amazing once in a lifetime mm-hmm. projects come about. This is a perfect example of how oh, I yeah. view big magic. I mean, there's just layer upon layer upon layer of miracles coming together to Absolutely. make this show happen in the way that it did at the time that it did. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's a perfect sequel from what we just talked about with Elizabeth Gilbert and Big Magic. We planned like we planned it that way, Almost. which we totally did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, of course we did. Of course we did. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about the show itself first, or do you want to get meta and talk about like the creative around it? Let's talk about the show itself first, and let's talk. Let's give people a recap. I feel like everybody should know about this show, but I was just having a conversation with my best friend. She's like, "I haven't seen it. I don't have Disney Plus. I don't know very much about it." And I'm like, "How are we friends?" <laughs> I know, right? First of all, if you don't know it, like if you don't have Disney Plus, um, first of all, I think you can get like a 
trial membership for seven bucks. So you could like buy the membership, watch the show, and then end it yeah. for seven bucks. So, I mean, yeah. But you could also just listen to the soundtrack, which is basically free all over the place. And if you just kind of sit, you know, and your headphones on and listen to it, you get a lot of the a lot of the work there. So definitely recommended. Yeah. And the um, lyrics are everywhere. You can get copies of the lyrics, yeah. too, if you want to read along as you listen to it. Which is a good idea because there's so much there. They're very, the lyrics are brilliant. I mean, the, the as a lyricist, I think is is Lynn's main, his biggest strength is these these lyrics are are just gorgeous. They're so well crafted and so, yeah, oh, they're so good. And you will also weep like a crazy person at the end. <laughs> so the story, uh, Alexander Hamilton, um, orphan, uh, from the Caribbean, from Nevis. Comes to America, um, meets Aaron Burr, meets uh, Lafayette. I'm going through the the music, the numbers. You see, uh, <laughs> Lafayette, Lawrence, and uh, Hercules Mulligan joins the Revolution, fights in the Revolutionary War, uh, marries Elizabeth Schuyler, um, but there's also kind of a thing attraction between him and Eliza's sister Angelica. Um, he becomes treasury secretary after the war, you know, they win the war, uh, is enemies with Thomas Jefferson. Uh, he messes up and has an affair with Mariah Reynolds, uh, who is, then her husband starts extorting him. So he's been paying him off. Um, his uh, Jefferson is one of his big political enemies. And Burr in the meanwhile is trying, is like kind of all around and trying to get in, uh, to be influential and just can't ever do it. Um, until finally he runs for president and in the way it happens, Hamilton ends up siding with Jefferson instead. This is the election of 1800. I'm going way too fast. Uh, <laughs> Burr takes offense and challenges him to a duel and then, uh, Burr kills Alexander Hamilton. What? Duel. Spoiler. <laughs> if you saw that peanut butter or that milk commercial, you know this. You know, any history. Did you know anything, And they anything, say at though? the beginning. What? Like, did you know anything about Hamilton before this musical came out? Only, only that he was shot by Aaron Burr, and I only because of that milk commercial. Yeah. That was all I had. Yeah, killed in a duel. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Killed in a duel? That's nuts. So everything else, I had no idea. Um, yeah. But one of, the thing, one of the things that drives Alexander Hamilton... He's, he's just like super high energy, super driven. And there's a whole song about, and there's a lyric, why do you write like you're running out of time? And then, or how do you, how do you write every second you're alive? And, you know, they talk about how he works really hard and he's so prolific and he, he um, just totally intense and nonstop all the time. And uh, I know as a writer hearing the words, you know, how do you write like you're running out of time? Like, yeah, you know what? I am running out of time. I need to write like I'm running out of time. And that inspired me and also put some pressure on me too. Yeah. I think that was the first song that I resonated with because mm -hmm. of being a writer. And I, I was in this frenzied, I was doing self-publishing at the time. So I was in this frenzied state of like, I was constantly working and writing all the time. And there was a big push to uh, like, you had to publish three things all at once to be able to beat the algorithms and all of these, yeah. like everybody was about how to write 10,000 words a day. And 
yeah, so that song connected with me on a deep level because I was like, yes, I feel like I'm writing like nonstop all the time, every day, every second. And I could just connect to those lyrics and that sense of like, I want to accomplish something, but yeah. I feel like I'm running out of time and I feel like I have to spend every waking moment doing this thing. And for me, it had the reverse effect where I was like, Mary, you are not writing like you're running out of time and you need to start. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't work very well. But and, and so I think, you know, to look at this character as an as an author, I, I think the musical takes his his drive and really shows you both sides of it. You know, it's never there's no clear good guy or bad guy. Even Burr isn't a bad guy in this. It really just sort of tells the story of what happens. Um, I guess, I guess Jefferson's a bad guy, but even so, even the things he talks about of why he doesn't like Hamilton, you're like, yeah, yeah, I could buy that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they, so it's never said, look, he works so hard and look how great it is. It's like, it works so hard and it, it, you know, ruined his marriage. And then he, you know, <laughs> and he was completely, uh, 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 you know, made some really bad decisions and, and you saw that happen. So it was an interesting way of looking at the creative process and, and how, you know, the good and bad of it. Right, right. And he, I think because he came from a non-traditional background, right? He was an immigrant. Mm -hmm. He was an orphan. Like he came into money through marriage. He fought through the war. Like all of those things gave him a different background and perspective than the rest of the founding fathers. So it's really interesting to mm -hmm. not only see a story from his perspective of, of somebody who has history is kind of forgotten about like we really were like oh yeah there was yeah. this duel ish thing he, was, he almost <laughs> came off a ten dollar bill right <laughs> so there was there's that piece of it but there's also this piece that like he because of that didn't follow he didn't play by the rules he created his own rules mm -hmm. and the way that this story is written you, you really see him having a lot of confidence and ego and hubris and just yeah. like going at it and he's like I don't care what you say I'm gonna like I'm gonna say what I believe in and I'm gonna stand up for something and I'm gonna carve my own path and that was both his rise and his fall right and it's very um it's very inspiring you know to to see someone say I'm doing my way and uh yeah that it can be very encouraging uh, but also you know the flip side it can take you too far and can really screw you up yeah. So this this musical is based off of the, a biography, right? And mm -hmm. it's mostly historically accurate. There are some yeah. He talks about how he's he, they move they do move things around a little bit for for um, narrative purpose. They combine some things and and move th some things up, like um, the whole idea of Angelica. Angelica was actually married when she met Hamilton and. He had, and the, you know, the thing about, oh, my father has no son, so I'm the one who has to social climb for one. Mm -hmm. He had plenty of sons. He had like 13. And, you know, they made it seem like Philip was their only child and absolutely not. They just had piles of children. Like, so, yeah, they, they simplified some things. The um, election at the end, they kind of, you know, compress it. So how do you feel about that? Because I saw a tweet yesterday that... Um, Ava DuVernay like retweeted and there was some debate around 
the excitement of Hamilton because they're like, it's not historically accurate. And like people are painting him as this like hero when he was incredibly complicated and he owned slaves and he did like, there's they're pulling him apart from the other founding fathers when mm-hmm. like he also had his faults, right? <laughs> he, oh, yeah. had a, he had a lot of faults and it's not, and like I said, not entirely historically accurate because they took dramatic you know, license to tell mm-hmm. a good story. I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on that? Especially when you think about how they, how you adapt something historical and make it, give it appeal and structure in a written form. It's, it's tricky, right? Because if you do something like that, and, and I, I like to write historical fiction a lot. Like I, I, even if it's not strictly historical, I'll, I'll pull historical details and, you know, you're always aware that this may be where a reader learns about this, right? This might be their very first or only or strongest impression of, of this event. And you feel some responsibility there, you know, responsibility to get it right. Um, responsibility to, to honor the source material. I mean, these are people's actual lives. These are real human beings we're talking about here. Um, at the same time, you are not writing a biography. Ron Chernow wrote a, bi- a biography. It's huge. Uh, and, you know, people read it, but not tons. Um, whereas I think you, you do have to, I think you are allowed to uh, make changes as long as you don't change the, the spirit of it. You know, if they were to suddenly make, make Hamilton look like a completely different kind of person, it, yeah, I don't think that would be fair. Um, you know, is to, to wildly change the things, but to, you know, to compress and to to convey and to to even I think even to um, glamorize a little bit. I, I, I think I think that's I think that's OK. You know, I, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, but you, you have to. And I honestly like I think Hamilton would be fine with it. Um, yeah, no, I. I I think you have to do it carefully. You have to, you, you can't do it. You're recklessly, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I, I think I agree. You know, I think about the way, the, the very deliberate way in which the show is produced and staged and designed, right? It's like, it's a historical story. It's almost feels like it's set in modern times because the music is modern and the cast is diverse and it's even the stage settings is is different it's not like they're not trying to create you know yeah that time period yes it's very stylized and you could feel like you could just be watching this like in a clean theater (laughs) Mm -hmm. or like in a back lot somewhere um right now in 2020 so i think there's like those choices also help remind people that this is a fictionalized version based off of true events versus this is we're trying to create a documentary we're trying to educate you on the facts of what happened and then also what is fact because i think that yeah like what is history history is like whoever took the time to capture that information but like history is made by the people who win right like it's and it's told and retold by the victors and so there's part of me as I've been doing a period piece and trying to do research that gets really frustrated because I'm like you have to fill in a lot of gaps (laughs) like you don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of these full stories and so it's almost a necessity 
to try and weave things together and make sense of it in a narrative fashion so that people aren't watching and totally confused or left unsatisfied. Not satisfied. <laughs> and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda kind of points to that in the story itself. Because, you know, the whole thing of who lives, who dies, who tells your story, right? At the end, who tells his story, it's, well, first you're like, oh, yeah, it's Eliza. Then you realize, no, who's telling a story? It's these people on the stage right now. That's who's telling. Like, so it's it's very meta. Yeah. And I think he, he, like, he calls it out. He says, yeah, now you, you have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And who's telling his story now is Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he's going to do it his way. And that's, I mean, that's part of it as well. And there, I think we have to just stop. Next week, you'll hear the rest of our conversation. 